Come on in to Margaret McSweeney's Kitchen for Kitchen Chat, where every week you'll meet chefs, cookbook authors, foodies, gourmets, and just plain people who love to eat. And along with laughter, chat, recipes, and stories about food, you'll sometimes also hear words of inspiration, love, and hope. As Margaret always says, kitchen chat is food for the senses and food for the soul. So grab a cup of coffee, put your feet up on a comfy chair, and get ready to spend a little time with Margaret and her friends. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kitchen Chat. This is your host, Margaret McSweeney, and I am delighted you have joined me in the kitchen, and what a special day it is for you to be here. We have an incredible guest to introduce, but before I do that, I would like to encourage you to please connect with me. You can reach me at kitchenchat.info, sign up and subscribe for the blog and podcast so you'll always be up to date on the latest and greatest. But meanwhile, it is just such a delightful honor to introduce to you and invite Chef Carla Hall into my kitchen. As you know, Chef Carla is a co-host on ABC's The Chew and fan favorite on Bravo's Top Chef All-Stars, and she has a fabulous new cookbook. So welcome, Chef Carla. Thank you. Thank you, Margaret. It's really great to be here at your kitchen counter. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. This is so much fun. And social media has been all about Chef Carla. We are getting questions from Florida, Arizona, Atlanta, all over. And you have so many fun fans. So I I definitely want to try to get to some of the questions. But meanwhile, if you can just give us a quick peek into your new book, Carla's Comfort Foods, favorite foods around the world. It is just scrumptious. It is colorful, it is approachable, I am giving you the passport to travel with spices by going to your grocery store, not um, some store that's only in New York or to go online. It's, it's just so much fun. And I basically take the idea of comfort food out of the southern region of the United States and splash it all over the world. I love that. And what I love, too, is you splash it with love. Your roots Mm -hmm. go really deep in terms of making food about love. Yes, yes. And the the thing is, how I do that in this book, when, um, gosh, it's my second cookbook now. I can't even believe it. I can't, honestly, I just have to just breathe and just really collect myself because I can't believe it. But I think about everything. I... As a chef, you are a teacher, and I want to give people recipes that are approachable, and so I thought about how many pots and pans you'd have to use, if you could really do this in your home kitchen on a weeknight. Uh, So a lot of the recipes, I think about weeknight cooking. So the love goes so deep that I don't even think people will realize. It's, It's more than just the dishes. It's your time. It's um, getting your groceries, it's washing the dishes, all of that. All of that, and that's great. And you make it practical, too. I love Uh how you have an international spice chart, which is great. It is so user-friendly, listeners, and, um, you know, really kind of puts it into perspective uh, and and flows very nicely into the book. Um, Are there any special, in fact, uh, one listener from from uh, Arizona ask, is there a favorite spice that you have? Uh, Well, one of my favorite spices is cinnamon. 
It's, I mean, and cinnamon goes, you'll see it in many different cuisines. I love cinnamon. I love lemon. I love, I love sour. I love sour and I love, but I love cinnamon in sweet and savory dishes. So you will see it in the musica, which is a Greek dish. Um, you will see cinnamon in, of course, the American cooking. Cinnamon shows up a lot. Cumin is also another favorite spice of mine. Oh, that is great to know. And I love the unique pairings that you have in the book. For example, I would never think about putting bacon in an apple pie. I know. Okay. <laughs> so I really cannot take 100% credit for that. So I can take 100% credit in testing it and making it work. But the first time that the five co-hosts were together, um, Clinton, Clinton Kelly, Mario Batali, Michael Simon, Daphne Oz and I were together before anyone saw the show and we were doing all of the promos, the promo shoots and the promo videos for the show. We came together. We didn't really know each other. So we're just chatting and we were talking. And Mario happened to mention, we, we were asked, what would you make for Thanksgiving? And he talked about this making a crust with bacon and cheddar cheese. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I, I don't think I, list, I heard anything after that. And I said, oh, my God, how could I make that work? I didn't talk to him about it. I said, that sounds amazing. And fast forward a year and a half later, it was still in my head. And I said, I'm making that. I'm going to do an apple pie with bacon and cheddar crust. And so... Being, being someone who loves to bake, I said, okay, if I take out part of the butter and then I substitute bacon for part of the butter and cheese for part of the butter, because all of those are, are fats. Oh. And um, that's how I came up with the recipe. And we just kept trying, uh, Genevieve Coe and I, my um, co-writer, we just kept trying different combinations. And I love it. And so it's not a sweet pie. It's kind of a savory pie, but you can put more sugar in it. Oh, that so is, and, and, and this book, listeners, just overflows with these unique dishes and pairings and exotic tastes that that really are approachable, Chef Carla. Thank you for making it uh, seem like, you know, we can do it, you know? Those yes, fun. you're welcome. <laughs> this is great. And Beth from Illinois says she is terrified of cooking, but mm-hmm. wants to know what are some of your favorite foolproof recipes for novice cookers? I think that Beth should start with soups. I think she should start with pureed soups. One, because it doesn't matter how you cut the vegetables as long as they are similar in size. And you're going to puree everything, so it's, a, it's really forgiving. And two, the soup, a pureed soup, is the palate for a lot of different spices. So I think that's where she should start. And Another thing that she should think about if she hasn't explored what she likes, instead of me telling her this is the recipe and this is how much of each ingredient goes into it, once you have the basis, the basic um, soup, let's say it's um, a tomato soup or, or like a pea soup, and you're putting in your spices, taste it to see if you like it. Do you want it to have more lemon? Do you want it to have more nutmeg or whatever? And just sort of inch your way into those spices so you can see what you like. And then once you get that soup down, then you start adding something else to it. And, and I, I think that is the way to start cooking. 
That sounds great. And I'm going to take those words to heart, too, because I'm a very novice cooker as well. So thank you. Um, mm-hmm. Lee, Lee from Atlanta, who is a busy mom of five kids going to all the different sporting events and everything, says she has to dine and eat at different times due to her busy schedule. Is there mm-hmm. any pre-planning or particular meals, maybe from this cookbook, that will hold up during the revolving door of dinner? Oh, that is such a great question, and I think we all go through that. Um, I'm sure my husband, um, if he's listening, he would say, yes, absolutely, we go through that. Um, Casseroles are really perfect for that, Um, like lasagna, moussaka, anything that you can bake and pull out and has to sit for a minute before you cut it and can reheat easily, either in the oven or the microwave, perfect. Stews are really great for that. Um, a lot of times, because I'm traveling so much, I will make a pot of, of of stew, and then that's what I'm eating. Especially in New York, I try to make one big thing, and I I eat it every night because it's just me up there. Um, so any of the stews there, um, there are a lot of skillet dishes. So the the chicken skillet dishes work really well. Like I said, the the casseroles work really well. One soup that does not work well, and it's in the book, and that is the kalaloo, mm. because it it has um, it has spinach, and so the spinach. Well, if you don't mind it not being bright green, it works. But even for that recipe, so that's one of my all time favorite, favorite, favorite recipes in the book. But if for this particular recipe, I add spinach right at the end and I puree it. But let's say you wanted to do um, a big batch of this and you wanted to not only make some for today, but you want to make some for later in the week. Then you puree your soup before you put the spinach in and then right at the last minute, you can either just stir the spinach in or after you heat it up, you're just going to add the spinach um, in the blender. And that's one way to get um, past it not being bright green and trying to heat up the spinach. That sounds great. So, Lee, take down these notes of these great, great recipes from a great chef. Um, Mary Ann, um, a listener in Illinois, has a question about spices. And listeners, I Mm -hmm. love this book. Once again, it's so colorful with a beautiful picture of you, Chef Carl, on the front. And on the back, there's this tiny little thing that says, Travel the Globe with Spices. Mm -hmm. Well, Mary Ann from Illinois says, what trick do you have for keeping spices flavorful in our pantries after opening? And what's the easiest way to keep fresh herbs? I'm so glad you asked that question. Oh, my gosh, Marianne. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, so the first trick is, now, there are certain spices that I use all the time. And I use cinnamon. I use cumin. I, of course, use pepper. I use those all the time. Um, but I will say the first thing, buy your spices in the smaller containers. If you don't use them all the time, buy them in the smaller containers. That little piece of foil paper on top of your spices, if you do not use them all the time, I suggest you do not take that off all the way. Don't peel that off because when you put the top back on, you are able to seal those spices. It's the air that kills your spices. It's not necessarily the time because there will be an expiration date on your spices, but it's really opening them and closing them and that air that gets in there. So I suggest that you keep that little foil on, um, peel it off, shake some out, and then put it back on and and screw the top back on. 
Um, a way to keep your fresh herbs fresh, if you're keeping them in the refrigerator, then in a little glass with water, and you can put a, um, a plastic bag on top with a rubber band to keep it on top. Um, that keeps them fresh, but you have to change the water. Oh. So um, if you if you just pour the water out and refill it, that will keep your your um, herbs fresh. Another th- way is um, hardier herbs. I tend to um, wrap in paper towels and then into a, a bag like hardier herbs like um, thyme and oregano. Those 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 last a little bit longer. Basil. Uh, soft herbs like basil, cilantro, those get kind of icky. As soon as you see um, a leaf that's kind of icky and turning brown, um, tear it off because that one little icky leaf is going to turn everything. Oh, okay. So mm-hmm. that this is so helpful. Thank you so much. Oh, and my goodness, um, a wonderful question came in from our friends at Dairy Good <laughs> in the dairy. Uh, they, I love that name. Isn't that fun? Isn't that fun? And, mm-hmm. milk, and milk is so gourmet, I have to just say. It's delicious. Oh, oh my gosh. And being from the South, buttermilk, buttermilk is coming back. I'm bringing buttermilk back. Oh, yay. Buttermilk biscuits mm-hmm. and all of that. I Buttermilk love biscuits, it. buttermilk with white chocolate, a buttermilk mousse. Oh, my gosh. A buttermilk. Oh, okay. Let's go to the oh, question. I'm sorry. I'm I getting I'm getting it. off track. I think we have the answer um, because they were wondering, what is your favorite dairy product? Um, right now, it's buttermilk. <laughs> I uh, I um, went to my inspiration was going to Nashville recently, and I went to a chocolate chocolatier. He does stone ground chocolate, Olive and Sinclair. And he has a buttermilk white chocolate with salt and pepper. And it blew my mind, absolutely blew my mind. And one of the things that I would like to do in baking is to bring back some of those old-fashioned ingredients like sorghum and buttermilk. So I love baking with buttermilk. I use it in my cornbread. I, of course, use it in my pancakes. I use it in my biscuits. Um, But I would really like to play with it in a white chocolate mousse and I, I love it in powder form. I know that's probably not what you all are doing. Uh, in powder form to, to for that tartness. Oh, I didn't know it existed in powder form. That's, that's great. Another question that came in from one of the listeners, Cara asked, what's a good non-meat dish for Lent? Oh, wow, this this cookbook has so many um, so many recipes that are vegetarian. Um, so when you think about Lent, I think about the spring and all of the these wonderful dishes that um, I mean, I think about peas, I think about rams, I think about uh, mushrooms, morels, um, because Lent, Easter, they are it's a, it's a spring. Um, holiday or a celebration. So um, in the book, I have a, um, a I have the, the tarragon peas, mm-hmm. which would be great. Um, I also have a number of fish dishes. I have the 
uh, a baked salmon. So if you take the salmon, perhaps, and you put the tarragon peas with it, which has tarragon and lemon and a little bit of thyme, that would just be so fresh and green and beautiful. And if you wanted to add snow peas to that, and then you have either a whole fish or um, fish fillets, that would just be really, really beautiful and celebrating not only the 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 holiday, the religious holiday, but also a um, the spring. Oh. I and then some radishes, maybe a radish salad, just really bright and fresh and delicious. Oh, that's wonderful. You know, I also love your Last Supper Butter Tarragon Pea Recipe. Mm-hmm. That's the one that I was talking about. That, that recipe, Margaret, people asked me when I had my first cookbook, they said, why, where are the peas, where are the peas? I want to know about the peas. And I didn't think about putting that recipe in the first cookbook because that was, I don't know why, I don't, it just sort of slipped by. But... um Having the, I love peas so much, but having it in this book is really a response to all of the people who gave me shout outs about wanting that recipe. So this is for you and I love peas and I'm glad you were inspired to love peas. Hopefully, fingers crossed when you watched Top Chef. Um, So I love that recipe. (laughs) Oh my. Well, Chef Carla, we can't have a kitchen chat without your trademark hootie hoo. Hootie hoo. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Chef Carla, for being on Kitchen Chat. You're so welcome. Thank you for uh, allowing me to pull up a chair at your kitchen counter, and I wish you all all the best. Uh, And listeners, don't forget, you have a chance to win Chef Carla's new cookbook. Just visit me on kitchenchat.info and subscribe to the blog, and you'll automatically be entered to win. And while you're in the midst of your busy day, remember, take a moment and savor the day. Thank you for joining us today. If you're interested in Margaret's books, A Mother's Heart Knows, Pro Girls Encountering Grit, Experiencing Grace, and Go Back and Be Happy, please just click on the covers on the webtalkradio.net page in front of you. Margaret would love to connect with you and hear from you, so join her on Twitter, Facebook, her blog, or click on this website to leave a note and share a recipe. Thank you again, and we'll see you here again for a new show next week.